Hello and welcome to the Angelist India Radio. Through these conversations, we're taking you inside the minds of great investors, experienced founders and talented experts. Angelist India pioneered new concepts in startup fundraising and investing for India. You can find out more about us on angel.co/india. Let's dive in. Hey Wink, so good to have you on the Angelist India Radio. The day we're uh, announcing our fund and you're leading it, I see Southeast Asia. But uh, yeah. for our listeners, why don't you introduce uh, yourself and tell us a little bit more about how you got into investing and what's your background and ex- education and experience and uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Asav. I really appreciate you having me on. Exciting day for us both today. So, yeah, happy to start off with some uh, some basic background introduction. So. I guess to tell the story from the start, I grew up in Thailand in Bangkok, um lived here my whole life and then went out to Berkeley for my undergraduate degree. I studied economics there. When I um when I first went out to Berkeley, there were really kind of two separate things that drew me into the world of uh startups and uh, and VC. Um initially when I went out, um very similar to a lot of students there, you know, um very much in the track path wanting to consulting the big four firms you know looking into i banking so very much a product of the people around me that was really was hot on campus then but at the same time you know there was this boom happening as well with startups and technology companies so that was kind of happening in parallel and i slowly got more involved more drawn in there and then um in my spare time i actually used to love watching a lot of shark tank um i don't know if you've seen the show but uh it it's great I, i think i've watched all of the episodes <laughs> um and that that was basically what actually first introduced me to the world of VC. So, you know, they had a couple of VCs on for a few episodes. I remember Chris Saka coming on and then that kind of got me into this black hole like hey what what are VCs um really learning more about the industry, you know, um coming across thinkers like Peter Thiel, Chamath, Naval, Chris Saka and really kind of drew me into the whole world there. Wow, these are people such great thinkers, very forward thinkers. This is what I want to be doing. So, Um I was very intentional about actually wanting to go into VC um and kind of plotted my way, planned my path towards doing that. So um you know, I got involved with a few startups on campus, uh, tried doing my own thing in the financial technology space, it didn't work out. It was a it was a great learning experience and the first time I actually got involved at a proper fund was at a 500 startup. So I initially joined as an intern on their fund fundraising and investor relations team. I was there for about 3 months and I stayed on 2 months after as a consultant. Um it was a really great learning experience. They're really understanding how to pitch a st- story to LPs. I was basically helping them transition their LP base. Um historically mm-hmm. a lot of international corporations they want to shift more to target US institutions, helping them reframe the story that way. And um mm-hmm. 500 is one of the funds that was very early with their international strategy as well. So oh, yeah. um that kind of got exposed early you know I think they were one of the first funds in Southeast Asia in Latin America and you know all, all these different uh, areas so um got involved there um after that spent time spent another year at a fund called the House Fund um the House Fund is is a small fund based in Berkeley their fund one was 6 million dollars I was there when they were transitioning to a uh, fund 2 which ended up closing at 44 million dollars so it was, it was a really big jump and um the fund manager My boss at that time there his name is Jeremy Fiance. He uh, he started the fund when he was I believe 22 or 23. So kind of showing me, you know, it, it's very possible to to get involved and and raise your own fund early on. So 
um, was on the investment team there, helping them run their outbound sourcing process, source deals, due diligence and everything. And then after that, I, um, I joined Angelus full time. So joined the operations team at Angelus US. And this is where I really spent time getting to know and understand the, uh, the micro VC space, um, basically manage funds for 30 or so fund managers, including people like Jeff Morris at Chapter One, Neve Drawer at uh, at Shrug Capital, um, Sri Ram Krishna, and just to name a few, and worked mm-hmm. with um, over fifty angel investors throughout the life cycle of their their syndicates and and their venture funds. And um, you know that's that's where we first kind of got together and really started working together. So very very grateful for that. And okay. yeah, that, that kind of kind of brought me brought me over here. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing IC Southeast Asia and you're leading it. So introduce the fund. What is the thesis behind it? I mean, let's start with the backers. Like who is backing you in this journey? Uh, some of the yeah. LPs. And, hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of um, very exciting LPs. I think that the core of the fund of, of what we're trying to do here is really act as a bridge and connect these three ecosystems, right? So the US, India, and Southeast Asia. Um, typically, technology, venture capital, founders in, in the US don't get involved um, on this part of the world. So with this fund, we're really aiming to change that. And that's who we targeted with our LP base. We wanted founders, we wanted partners at venture funds, um, and people who could really bring value from those two regions to Southeast Asia where we're investing. So the thesis of the fund is to invest in seed stage companies across Southeast Asia. Um, you know, we're sector agnostic and we have core geographies of Indonesia, Singapore, Vietnam and Thailand as, as the four main geographies where we're kind of spending the most time on. Um, some of the LPs who, you know, are very excited to have on board. Um, we have Naval from Angelus, um, Kunal Bal and Rohit Bansal from Snapdeal, Jonathan Swanson from Thumbtack, um, Jake Zeller at Angelus. We have, a, we have a bunch more Angelus folks as well. We have Shiel who um, started 500 FinTechs Fund and, and now just recently founded Better Tomorrow Ventures. Um, Deepak from DSG Consumer Partners, and we also have a few a uh, few athletes involved, like uh, Matthew Delvadova, who's a point guard at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we have a uh, Kensuke Honda with the KSK Angel Fund as well. So we have a, a pretty wide variety of backers who are very excited excited about working with. That's a really solid roster, and I'm excited about Southeast Asia in general. I think that's where I think we've discussed this so many times that with our LPs and internally as well. I think the next set of alpha for early stage investing in Southeast Asia has been typically ignored, but I think it's catching up uh, in terms of just the unicorn population and just the excitement. But it's tough to paint the entire region with just one brush, right? I think uh, it's a bundle of countries where nuances exist in every uh, region uh, in itself. What do you, I mean, if uh, listeners don't know much about Southeast Asia, how should they, uh, I mean, just some stats about introducing Southeast Asia to them as an ecosystem? Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, yeah, so I think the biggest misconception people have when looking at Southeast Asia is to think of it as one block similar to India or China. But the reality is, you know, um, it's made up of several different countries. Every country has a different language, different culture, different regulations and policies. So they're actually very fragmented markets within Southeast Asia. Um, Mm -hmm. Within that, and where kind of we spend the most time thinking about is Indonesia. You know, they have a population of close to the US, um, very huge population, exciting and growing consumer base with uh, relatively high GDP per capita as well. 
So I mm-hmm. think when we're looking at uh, Southeast Asia as a whole, that's just kind of first thing to look at. It's, it's actually a very interesting uh, macro environment, right? Each country um, compared to India, pretty high GDP per capita, um, very strong economic growth from manufacturing and, and tourism has been like a core market and all of these things. And one exciting stat is that there, there's been incredible mobile and internet penetration rates. So mm-hmm. mobile subscription rates actually exceed levels in China, US, and India. And in 2018, Southeast Asia was home to over 350 million active internet users. And this really provides a, a giant greenfield of opportunity for, for new startups. So um, you know, when we were first looking at the region together, we, we identified a few inflection points that got us really excited. So I just kind of mentioned them quickly here. Um, one was that historically a, a big problem in the region has been lack of capital available, um, especially for later stage um, rounds, right? So series B, C, D, and beyond, um, it was very hard to raise uh, those rounds. Um, this is starting to change. You know, Sequoia India recently announced two new funds um, totaling $1.3 billion to invest in both India and Southeast Asia. Lightspeed just launched their Southeast Asia practice a few weeks ago. And we've talked to a few um, global fund managers who are now paying more attention to the region. Really, as you mentioned, right, finding alpha in a region that's kind of, it's still relatively untapped. It's very early on. And we're very grateful that we're able to to come here early. So that's kind of the first inflection point. Um, Secondly, is around the number of elite companies that are starting to emerge. Um, so Southeast Asia is currently home to 13 unicorns. Um, you know, early funds involved in these unicorns have seen incredible multiples from investing in them. Um, there's a report recently by Bain that predicts that by by 2024, the number of unicorns will almost double to uh, to more than 20. So we're seeing a lot of growth there too. And more than that, we're also finally starting to see early signs of liquidity um, in the market. So there's been you know, about three major liquidity events that have happened. And this has basically provided early investors and employees of liquidity so they're able to continue investing into ecosystem. Um, once talent from these giant unicorn companies are able to leave, start their own companies, we'll see you know, a group of founders and talented people kind of emerge. And we think that this is gonna snowball very quickly going to lead to more startup creation and we're in the in the perfect position to to take advantage of this in, in my opinion that's awesome and i remember you uh, discussed this idea with me and now it's come to sort of uh, shape as well and we're calling it the knowledge council i think uh, a lot of in silicon valley at least check size versus helpfulness ratio is uh, i mean a key decision factor for a lot of entrepreneurs to let investors come on their cap tables and you're the first micro vc in the region you're uh, doing this knowledge council, I think uh, that's. Uh, let's talk about knowledge council for a bit. Uh, what is the, the story behind it? Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, kind of exactly what you mentioned, right? Um, helpfulness relative to check size is something that we think a lot about. Um, our, our average check is about a hundred k, and with that hundred k, we want to punch above our weight. We want to be able to compete or be as as valuable and as as useful to founders as you know the larger guys who are writing much larger checks and have institutionalized um, processes of helping companies. So when, when you look to the US, um, I think this trend really started with uh, with Andreessen Horowitz when they came out with their fund and you know, um, they're a machine, right? So when they invest in a company, they have the company sit down with Andreessen's marketing team, finance team, distribution team, product team, really get to know everything inside out and, and really help founders across the board. And this is 
what started a lot of heavy competition in terms of um, you know being a value add investor in the U.S. Um, we haven't really seen this happen yet in Southeast Asia. Uh, that, uh, you know, aside from accelerator programs who kind of do this um, through through a very standard process, but what we wanted to do was bring that same idea of you know not just coming with check, not just coming in with the, our knowledge of two of us, right, but really tapping into our network and people we know um, primarily in Silicon Valley to bring their knowledge to the region and be able to ask these individuals to work for a portfolio um, to help them across various functions. So that's really the idea behind the Knowledge Council. Um, what it actually is and what that looks like more tangibly is, um, you know, these are a group of seven world-class operators. They're here to basically support the IC portfolio and run private workshops and, and sessions by uh, led, led by these experts. So we have people like um, Sri Ramakrishnan, who was at, at, at Twitter, you know, expert in growth and product, um, and Anne Duane from Village Global. She's a co-founder there, um, expert in growth. We have Prasanna from Rippling. He's a co-founder and CTO. We have Sahil from Gumroad, who founded that. Um, Jeff Morris, who's formerly VP product at Tinder, started Chapter One. Andreas, um, he knows formerly at Angelus, also now running Remote First Capital. And uh, Salil as well, who is the founder of Uncorrelated, Uncorrelated Ventures, was a partner at Bain, Bain Capital Ventures for a very long time. So um, these seven people have committed to working on portfolio. Um, you know, they're going to work with the iSeed Southeast Asia and iSeed in their portfolio, run private sessions and really bring the best knowledge and experience they have from the U.S. Um, to this region, which is the core of what we want to do with the fund here. I'm super excited. I think the entrepreneurs will uh, dig this idea entirely. And uh, we're happy that we could uh, bring this to life. And so the money question, are you actively investing now in the region? Yes, we are. So we've actually um, already completed investments in two companies. We've committed to, to investing in two more, which I think will close very shortly. And yeah, so we're actively deploying capital across the region. Awesome. So let's uh, introduce IC Southeast Asia to the world. And uh, thanks, Wing. Uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, looking forward to working with you closely. Awesome. Thanks, Otsav. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye.